Hi, welcome to All Things Jesus. I'm your host, Denise Hamilton. I'd like to start our session today by making two simple statements. The first is very simple. Jesus loves you. <laughs> Remember the song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Well, you know what? That song is really true. And do you know why? Which brings me to my second statement. God is love. Those two short, simple statements, God loves you and God is love, are so profound in what they will do for your life. There's a space in our hearts that longs to be loved and accepted. We do all kinds of things to fill that void. You know, we become workaholics, alcoholics, and addicts of all kinds. We try to barter for love in all kinds of ways. We eat too much. We drink to medicate the pain of not feeling love. But you know, none of that works. And the reason why is because we were created by God. He put a need in us to be loved by him and to love him back. You know, we settle for so much less than what he offers us. It's like God is trying to give us gold, but we settle for playing with dirt. That's a mess, right? His love for us is so passionate and so intense. You know, if you don't believe me, read the book of Song of Solomon in the Bible. That book talks about the pursuit of love and shows us how God chases us to woo us, court us, date us, <laughs> and make us his. Which, that's so amazing to me. God Almighty chases us and loves us and wants us to be his. You know, God's love is a love that transforms us and makes us think like him, talk like him, and act like him by the way we treat others. God's love is so rich and so deep that we could never deserve it. Matter of fact, it's unconditional. You don't have to earn it, deserve it, strive for it, beg for it, plead for it. He just wants us to receive that love and allow him to change our lives. Now, a long time ago, I used to be depressed and actually suicidal. I was at, I was saved. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. But I had gotten to a point in my life, and at that time I was married, uh, I had gotten to a point that I just saw no hope. And I had actually made up my mind, planned out how I was going to kill myself. It was a Sunday afternoon. I had just left church and I was just ready to call it quits. And, you know, one day I'll tell that full story about how God rescued me from that. But suffice it to say that he, the way he delivered me from suicide and depression was to really reveal his love to me. And now at this point in my life, I am happy. I'm fulfilled. I see a bright future in my life. And it's because God showed me that he loved me. You know, my my outlook on the world totally changed. And yours will too once you get that revelation. This amazing love that God has and the fact that he loves us is the very basis of our Christianity and our faith in God. Let me read you this familiar passage of scripture from John 3.16 from the Passion Translation. For here is the way God loved the world. 
He gave his only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. You know, the way God loves and the way we love are so different. From what we just read, his love gave the best that he had to people who didn't appreciate or deserve it. You know, our kind of love is at best selfish, self-seeking, based on conditions. It's kind of like we we do this. If if you do this, then I'll do that. If you'll cook for me, then I'll provide for you. That kind of foolishness. Well, you know what? God's love just gives. He wants our love, but he doesn't force or compel us to love him back. He didn't make us perform for his love. He simply loves because that's who he is. Matter of fact, we are so before Christ, of course, we are so bankrupt in love that we have nothing to offer him. He had to give us his love. Anyway, let me read John 3, 16 from the Amplified Bible. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in trust in, clings to, and relies on him, shall not perish, which means come to destruction or be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life. Now, think about that for a second. If you had a child, would you sacrifice him or her for a stranger? Would you do it for people that hated you? But you know what? That's exactly what Jesus did. God gave his son, Jesus, for people that didn't appreciate it, didn't deserve it, didn't earn it. He did it for you and me in the future, and he did it for the people in the past from the foundation of the world. That is amazing love. I couldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. But God wanted a relationship with us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us. You know, a lot of people don't, you know, we stop at John 3, 16, but we don't read verse 17. So let's read that out of the Passion Translation. God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but to be its savior and rescue it. So first, let's back up. God didn't send his son into the world to judge and condemn it. By all rights, God had the right to judge and condemn it but he didn't he sent Jesus to rescue us and our world really needs rescuing we don't have to look far to see that there's such crazy things going on in this world politically socially economically and even with this pandemic that mutates every few months but you know what in the midst of all that's going on we are still rescued because that's what God sent Jesus to do, rescue us. We're not only rescued now, but also in the life to come, if we allow Jesus to rescue us. So, you know, let's speak about the elephant in the room. Well, why do bad things happen? Why does God allow this? Why why this? Why that? So we won't explore the full answer to that today, because there is an answer to that question. 
that the Bible gives us. But essentially, it's our choice. God gave us the ability to choose good and evil. And, you know, people think that they're so good. The Bible says there's not no one good. No, not one. No man is good. We tend to choose evil, and that evil is our own selfishness. So that's the short answer to that. We'll explore that a little um, later on in one of our future broadcasts. Um, if you can understand, though, the foundational truth that God loves you and that he's love, that will change your life. And then you, I won't tell you that bad things won't happen. You know, the, it rains on the just and the unjust, right? Things happen to everybody. In this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So we have a promise from God that he's with us in trouble. He'll keep us. He'll never leave us, nor forsake us. Um, when my mother passed away, it was a hard time. I'll tell you, I was all the way across the country when she passed away and it took several hours for me to find out and I had to find out not in the right way. So on that whole long 10 hours back to Charlotte to, you know, take care of everything, God ministered to me in a way that even though I was hurting, it was so sweet and so loving. And I'll share that later on. It's too long for today, but God will, at the point of your deepest need, he will meet you and he will give you his love and he will strengthen you. He will help you. He will lift you up and keep you from falling, the Bible says. Anyway, I kind of detoured from where I'm going, but I made the statement earlier that God is love, which explains why he loves you. Let's read 1 John 4, 7 through 10 from the Passion Translation. Verse seven, those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. You know, a true father will love and nurture his children. A healthy relationship with a father pretty much sets a person up for success in most cases. But even if we don't grow up with a loving father, God says that he will father us now. Thank you, Jesus. Let's read verse eight. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. And you know, that is so true. We have all met people who are mean and angry, whether they're Christians or not, especially in the day and, and times that we're living in. All you have to do is go on social media and see just hate spewed everywhere. And that's because people are angry and afraid. But you know what? They don't allow themselves to know God intimately or let him come into your life and know you. You know, it's like cultivating a relationship. And uh, when you're dating someone, you have to spend time talking and getting to know each other. And that's what God wants to do with you. He, of course, he's God. He knows everything about you. He knows you better than you know yourself. But he still wants to go through the process with you 
to date you, to woo you, to help you to, to um, know who he is. So, unfortunately, it's really easy to fake a good life or fake like you're a Christian. But in your heart, you can really still be far from God. You know, in football, they use that term strong arm when they're trying to uh, rush a ball and somebody's coming up on them. They strong arm them. And that's what we do to God. We limit him to certain parts of our lives and keep him out of the real things that matter in our lives. And that's an empty, vain life. The person that does that will never be fulfilled and never be satisfied. Guys, don't let your life be empty. Let him fill it with his love and his light. Verse 9 says, The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. This is verse 10. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. Man, there's nothing more amazing than this. When he took away our sins, not only did he make us clean and able to stand before God, but he freed us from guilt and shame. And on top of that, he adopted us into his family and gave us sonship rights. Let me go back. He freed us from guilt and shame. No matter what you've done, God freed you from it through that great, exceeding love that he had for us that made him sacrifice, get up on a cross and die that wicked death that he did and take on our sins. God freed us from guilt and shame. And if you're experiencing that right now, that's part of the reason I was so suicidal. There was a lot of guilt and shame for things I had done, things I had thought and things that had been done to me. But if you're experiencing guilt and shame right now, God will set you free. Receive that now in Jesus' name. So when he took away our sins, again, not only did he make us clean, but he freed us from guilt and shame. And on top of that, he adopted us into his family and gave us sonship rights. That means that everything he has, we have. So I want to digress just a little bit. That period between Malachi and the book of Jesus was about 400 years, and those are called the silent years. The prophets weren't speaking. God wasn't speaking. The Israelites were in bondage to the Romans eventually. The Jews went about doing their religious ceremonies that weren't about God at all. It seemed like God was really far away. But the Bible says in Galatians 4, verses 4 through 7, I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. But when the proper time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born subject to the regulations of the law, to purchase the freedom of, which means to ransom, to redeem, to atone for, those who were subject to the law, that we might be adopted and have sonship conferred on us and be recognized as God's sons. And because you really are his sons, God has sent the Holy Spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, which means a bondservant, but a son. And if you're a son, then it, and it follows that you are an heir of God by the aid of God 
through Christ. So not only did he save us from the bondage of sin, which we were enslaved to, he also made us sons and daughters of God. You know, there's a family in our church that adopted five children. So looking at that natural adoption, we can see that. It doesn't matter about the ethnicity of the child. It doesn't matter about their background, their physical disability, or their physical abilities, or any challenges that child may have. Once that child is adopted, it's like they've always been a part of that family. Now, the family I was referring to, all the kids actually look like, the adopted kids look like the adopted parents, which is really amazing that God grafted those kids into that family and it ma- he made it perfect. And you know what? Even legally, once kids are adopted, that can't be undone. It can't be reversed. So if we have natural adoption, that is a really beautiful thing. How much better is God who is actually the perfect father? He adopted us. And he gave us the name of Jesus and he brought us into his family. He made us have right standing with him, meaning we could come before the father just as blameless as Jesus is. We don't have to deserve the love or blessings of God. They come to us just because we're part of the family of God. We have all the rights and privileges of of God and his love freely gives us privilege and access to our loving father. You know, if you don't know this love, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, because I just told y'all we I was a Christian and didn't know that God loved me. Matter of fact, I thought he was angry with me. I thought he was punishing me. But none of the, none of that was true. If you're in that state, pray this with me. Father, show me this love that Denise is talking about. My life is so empty and I need you. Please come into my life. Make it brand new. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me and for loving me. I accept your sacrifice. I ask you to fill me with your love and of the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, I receive it. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer with me, welcome to the family of God. If you're already a Christian, praise God. It's time to be free. Receive your freedom in Jesus' name. So I'd love to get you some resources. Um, I'm the administrator of the Freedom Christian Center Facebook page. So if you message me there, I would be happy to send you out a book by uh, Brother Andrew Womack, which is Welcome to the Family of God. It talks about the basis of salvation and the the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Um, Speaking of that also, I am working on my Facebook page and it should be ready today. Uh, As of this reading, today is January 8th. So uh, my Facebook page will be All Things Jesus and we can continue our conversation. If you have questions, reach out to me. I'd be happy to pray for you, talk to you, counsel you, and share the word with you in any way, shape, or form that I can. So listen, my time is almost up, but I'll be back next week to share more about God's love from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So again, this is the All Things Jesus Jesus podcast, and I'm Denise Hamilton, your host.
I love you all. Be blessed, guys.